praise God. Father, your, your presence is amazing in this place, Father God. Your people are hungry for you, Father. How many people are hungry for more of Jesus? Why don't we just give Jesus some praise just right now? Just give you some praise. Yes, Lord, we love you. Come on, don't stop, don't stop. We love you. Sure. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Sweet the sound. How sweet the sound. I'm going to heaven. Now that's good news. That's good news. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm found. I'm found. I'm found. Sure. Thank you for the cross. You remember Matt Redmond sang that song? Thank you for the cross. My friend at the back, he knows what I'm talking about. I think he loves all Matt Redmond's songs. Thank you for the cross. Wow. Well, we want to get into the word tonight. Is that okay? And then we're going to jump into what God's got for us. Amen. So you can just greet two people and just tell them, tonight, God is going to take you on a journey. Hallelujah. Thank you. Well, thank the worship team, amen, for just being here. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to open up. Um, the other night, we were, we were started a process where we were speaking about, uh, from Revelation 19, verse 10. First of all, let me, just, let me just do things the ethical way because I'm like, Pastor Voter and Pastor Dot, thank you so much for this amazing invitation. Amen. Um, thank you for the Levin Devort uh, Network and family of churches. Amen. And uh, today we had the privilege of, um, of annihilating a cow. That's what you call it. It's called steak. Now... You need to understand that when steak is good and you bite it, it does this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I really appreciate it. Amen. I'm, I'm, allowed, to, I'm allowed to have steak um, once, once a week. Amen. So um, I've chosen a different type of diet and lifestyle. So I used to eat steak, you know... Um, you know, I get Afrikaans of gluten mainly. So what happens is um, uh, uh, one of my young prophets many years ago, he's no longer young, um, I used to go to his farm in Port Elizabeth. And, you know, at, at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, he used to wake me up and say, hey, come have some breakfast. And I'd go to the kitchen and look for him. I couldn't find him. And then uh, I'd find him outside in the backyard with a fire. 8 o'clock in the morning. And he's busy brying, burvus, and brying. I'm like, what? So um, I, I kind of got into that habit. So we bry anytime, amen, you know. 
Any, any reason to make a fire? <laughs> I see the guy at the back there. I see your hand. I see another hand here. I see another hand here. I see your hand. I see about five hands again. So um, the brother at the back here, that you lifted your hand up here? Um, I have a revelation. The next time I come back here, hopefully. Ons gaan net een groot skaapkoor, nee, of, of iets, nee, ons, 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 ons gaan net dinge, ja, ja, around and around, ons gaan wel doodmaak, nee, vrek gaan jy vrek, maar die ding gaan vrek, broer, amen, ons gaan die beest losmaak, amen, halleluja, so we love the Lord, Revelation 19 verse 10, and you don't have to go there, Revelation 22 verse 8 and 9, it says that John received this revelation, and when he saw the angel that was giving him the revelation, he bowed down to the angel. And the angel turned around and said, Do not bow down before me, for I am a fellow worker with you and of those that keep the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when I began to speak on this, I was saying to you that God has always commanded us to worship God. And even the angels will direct us to worship God. And so we're going to now continue this as part two of that specific message. And, uh, and teach you a little bit more about the realms of prophecy, our attitude, and some other dimensions that God's got for us. Amen. So for us to start, go with me to the book of John 13, verse 20. It's right behind Genesis. If you go to Genesis, you'll see it's right there. Amen. Look carefully. You'll, you'll find it's right behind Genesis. We're about 60-odd books up, but don't worry. You'll eventually get it. <laughs> and if you have a real Bible like I do, Genesis, it'll be King James. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and Genesis, we're going to John, sorry. John 13. John 13, verse 20, and you'll find it on page 1,139. <laughs> That's why, Pastor, as the men said, uh, they're going to buy Bibles, they must, they, must to buy, they must buy the same Bible as you. <laughs> then you can just tell them, this is the page. <laughs> it's easy. Amen. All right, let's look at this. John 13, verse 20 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomever I send receiveth me. It's a pretty dangerous scripture. I'm going to read it again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomever I send receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, him, and uh, verily, verily, angels, bach, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever receives whom I sent receives me. And whoever receives me, receives the one that sent me. Please, Pastor Voter, stand up. You did not come here by accident. 
two and a half years, the Holy Ghost began to do a work to change this region. And he brought you and sent you to this place. Now the Bible says that whomever God has sent, if you receive that person, you are receiving the one that sent that person. The the remnant that is here today in this church are those that have received Jesus Christ. It means many of you were tested two and a half years ago to see whether you would receive Jesus. Some rejected. Some could not stay. I apologize, Pastor. You are pastor. You're very soft and gentle. I'm a prophet. Let me say it like it is. God will always use a man of God to test your motive, to test your heart, to test whether you are here for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords or whether you're here for your own ambition. And those testings have to take place. What you have now is a group of people that have accepted the Son of God and because they've accepted the Son of God in sending you, they've accepted the Father. And so the Bible is very clear on that. And you did not come here because somebody called you to come here. You didn't come here because you were submitting to something. You came here because God purposed you to be here, and He brought you here because He sent you. Now give the Lord a praise offering. <laughs> Hallelujah! And I just saw Pastor Mark sitting there. God bless you, Pastor Mark. We love you. Amen. And so the Word of God is very clear. I think I should read it again so that you can really understand it so I can lay the foundation. And then I'm going to show you something. <laughs> All right? Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that receiveth whomever I send Receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verse 21 is the reason why he was saying this. Then Jesus said this thing. He was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. It's pretty radical, isn't it? He says, You got to receive me. If you receive me, <laughs> you receive my father. And then he says, with every person that receives me, there will always be one that will betray me. Not everybody will accept the fact that God has sent you. Oh, you're not getting it. I said, not everybody is going to accept the fact that God has sent you. When I say sent, I mean God has called you, or God has anointed you, or God has got a plan for you. Out of every 12 people that come into your life, one of them will misunderstand you. Somebody say, oh no, Jesus, but it's the truth. One and twelve will always misinterpret you. And so Jesus was beginning to lay down a foundation for us on what we would call the sent nature. The sent nature. One that has been called by God to be sent. 
The Spirit of God will then come upon a, a man of God. He might be a plumber like Smith Wigglesworth. He might be doing, a, he might be an accountant. He might be an attorney. And the Spirit of God would come upon that person and God will begin to raise that person up so that he could send that person for a specific mission. Now there are certain blessings that are connected to the sent nature. Unfortunately, in the church of Jesus Christ, not everybody is sent. Some people are, just go. Now, God is not going to anoint someone that just goes without ascending. Jesus said, go into all the world. But he was the one saying, go. Some people have a cough. They just have a cough. So they have a cough. <coughs> and now they are prophets. Some people have a, a one little picture or a little vision, and now they are apostles. Some just decide to plant a church, and they never really have success in that, because that's not the nature that God has sent them to do. So you have to understand that there are certain blessings that are connected to being sent. Luke 10, can you go there in your Bibles quickly? Hallelujah. Got a lot of scriptures to get through, but... You'll enjoy it tonight. Luke 10 is a large, large, large scripture about God sending people to do the work of the Lord. He's talking about the harvest being plentiful. And so he prepares them. So from Luke, Luke 10, 1 to 11, we see God saying he's going to send harvesters. He says the harvest is great. The laborers are few. Then he says you need to carry no person, no money. You need to go with peace. Then he gives them an attribute that if you go into a place, and watch this in verse 5, it says, and into whatever house you enter, first say peace to that house. Verse 6, and if a son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. So he says, look, don't worry about people not accepting you. If I sent you, um, people will either reject you or accept you. Now, the last scripture we read, we saw Judas. Judas was with the apostles. He had the power to accept Jesus or reject. And he rejected. He sold him out. He betrayed him. Don't worry about the betrayal that took place in your life. Do not worry about the betrayal that might take place in your life because God has to sift the crowd. He has to move the pieces away that don't recognize who you are. And some people are Jonas in your life. Let me explain to you. Some people will trouble your journey because they don't know where they're going. The people in the boat will know exactly where they're going. Jonah didn't know where he was going. When he jumped on that ship with a bunch of people that knew where they were going, the ship was troubled. Some of you are troubled in your life because a Jonah jumped into your business, jumped into your family, jumped into your ministry. But in the mighty name of Jesus, you might have to tell that Jonah, <clears throat> he's a foot and does a suck. I never said anything. I never said anything. You're laughing. You put the two together. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so he says this thing. He says, if a son of peace be there, you can leave your peace with them. And, if, and then it says, and in the same house, remain there. Remain there. It doesn't say leave the house God sent you to. 
says, you stay there. <laughs> Did you like that? It's interesting that when God brought you here, there was a whole bunch of people trying to get you out, says the Lord. And God said, no, you stay here. Somebody say, Pastor Volta, stay here. All right. <laughs> now watch this. And then it says this. Eating and drinking such things which they give you, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house, and went into every city you enter, and receive you, and give you. Then it says in verse 9, Heal the sick that are there. Heal the sick that are there. And tell them the kingdom of God has come unto you. Two and a half years ago, prophetically, God brought you to this place. He brought you to this place, Pastor Vota. I'm just wrapping up the prophetic journey now. He brought you to this place because God wanted to you to remain here. Amen. So the people could be healed. Hallelujah. Two and a half years later, we are healed. This body is healthy. And it is ready to do something amazing for Jesus. And uh, I'm probably about the first prophet here since the time that you came. Which tells me that when God brings a prophet, he declares a new season. And so a new season has come into this house. Amen. A new season has come to many of your ministries. I want you to grab that. Whoever you are, whatever pastor is here, grab that. Now I want to continue with this a little bit longer. Because it says to us in Luke 10 verse 17 and the 70 returned again with joy saying lord even the devils are subject to us in your name so when you when you are sent there is power when you are sent there is a supernatural power that follows you. That's one of the signs that you will have if you've been called to do something. If you go to a place and you don't have the presence of God and the power of God on your life, the chances are you went. You were not sent. And so it's very important that young people begin to submit to the local house, begin to submit to the pastor, so that when they can watch your walk, so when the time comes, we can send you with an apostolic or prophetic or pastoral blessing upon your life. Don't just leave this church. Uh, the worshiper that's worshiping here, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of pull for you to go to a lot of things, a lot of pull to do a lot of things. But some of those things will be a trap, young man. And I'm warning you, you do not want to be in a place where God is not. Amen. You need to know that everything you do has to be part of a saint nature. It has to be that God has gone before you. He's burnt up your enemies because God has gone before you. If God doesn't go before you, your enemies will be waiting for you. But if God goes before you, He will burn up your enemies. Somebody say amen. Amen. Same if you start a business. Don't just have a good idea. A good idea is not a God idea. A God idea means God is in partnership with you. That means that when you go into the banks, the banks must open up because God has gone before you. If you're working in a business and it's not making money, and it's still not making money, then ask the Lord for another well. Amen. Ask the Lord for another opportunity. You might have just got a little sidetracked on the road, a little bit. Or God might be testing your faith. Hallelujah. Just give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. <laughs> Prophetic alignment. Amen.
Now let's go to John 13. I'll be going through some scripture just so you can see I know my Bible a little bit. John 13. One of the, the greatest problems we have in the kingdom, men of God, and, and so we're lining this up. One of the greatest problems we have in the kingdom of God is the arrogance of thinking you know more than other people. And, and many times when you find, especially young people who want to do something for God, they know more. It's, it's like they know more. You could have a 75-year-old man here or a, 60, or a 19-year-old man on the second row here. You can have a 19-year-old man that's actually 52. And, um, and you, might, you might be clever with a phone and you might be clever with a whole bunch of technology. That's fine because you want the aerial, you know, or the remote. We understand that. But the one thing you don't have is life. You don't have the time. You don't have, you haven't punched in the card of life. And when you punch in the card of life, there are certain things you can only get to experience. And so we have the scenario that's going to play out now. And I want you just to remember all of these things. Don't go. Be sent. Tell your neighbor, don't go. Be sent. Say, neighbor, angels will only work with those that keep the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Those are two keys now. now I'm going to read something to you. My time's almost up. Can you believe it? John 13, 36. And Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, wherever thy goest, where did I go? And Jesus answered, Whether I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Now, listen carefully. I'm going to paraphrase. Peter says, Hey, Lord, where are you going? And the Lord, and this is God now. This is, this is pretty ridiculous, right? Man is telling God, asking God a question and he says where are you going and God tells a man where I'm going um, you can't go there yet but you will follow me later on but not now now look at the approach of arrogance and Peter said unto him Lord this is Peter bat chatting God don't bat chat the Holy Ghost don't bat chat God and don't bat chat Jesus if God says something, be quiet. Just say, yes, Lord. Amen. Don't let your pride, your, your desire to be supernatural, your desire to do something great, get in the way of character. Somebody say, amen. Character submits to God. Peter said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? <laughs> I will lay down my life. My Lord, this is a guy. I lay down my life for thy sake. Can you believe it? Jesus just said, prophetically, you cannot fulfill your prophecy now. It's not for now. It's for another season. But I'm going to go into some things and do some stuff. But you will follow me afterwards. And this arrogant guy turns around and says, I don't care who you are. I'm going to go out there and plant my church now. I'm going to go out there and be a prophet now. I'm going to go out there and do, start the business now. 
And God is saying, no, you don't understand. Not now. And he says, no, I will not. I will follow you. Why can't I not? My Lord. And Jesus answered, will thou lay down thy life for my sake? And then Jesus turns around with a word of knowledge. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the cock shall crow. This is, of course, the beginning of Nando's. The cock shall crow, not crow, till thou hast indeed denied me three times. So God says, not only do I know the time, but I know that you're going to deny me three times. Because you're not ready. Are you ready, church? John 18. Hallelujah. John 18, 15. And we have this amazing group of scriptures found in 15, 17, and 18 that shows how radical Jesus actually is in prophecy. Verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. Wow. Let's give the Lord a praise for that. That's wonderful. He's trying his best. He said, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to fulfill my destiny. I'm the man. I'm wearing the big pants. I'm going to follow Jesus. And there he goes. Church, I love you. But there's no place in the kingdom of God for arrogant and prideful people. Amen. If God says something, let God be God. And he's going on there. He's wearing the big pants. Marching behind Jesus. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. And so did another disciple. And the disciple was known unto the high priest. And went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But... Peter stood at the door. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello? No, but I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. Peter starts seeing all the soldiers. He sees the temple. He recognizes the crowd. He's not so happy. Peter decides, um, uh, uh, Lord, you go ahead. I'm just going to stand here by the door and guard it. So many people want to tell God how prophecy should be manifested. And they will always be finding themselves in these situations. And Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Then he's gone which was known unto the high priest and spoke unto, unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter. Watch this. Now Peter's brought in. Look, he could have gone in with the other disciple in the beginning, but already doubt was coming in, so he stayed behind. I'll tell you what I feel. I feel he said to the other disciple, just go check if it's okay. Then the guy went in, check, because he knew the temple. 
came out and said, now Peter, it, it's okay, come in. So already Peter was scared. Fear had already gripped his heart. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art thou also one of this man's disciples? And Peter said, What? Me? Not me. I'm not going to live in the wood. Not me. I'm a part of voters' ministry. Not, not me. No, no, no. Am I, am I, are you getting something in your church? Can you see? Can you see what he could be here? He's denying God the first time. He had the arrogance to tell God that God was wrong. Watch this. Verse 17 speaks about the damsel. Then verse 18 talks about him, the servants, and the servants and officers stood there by this fire while he was warming himself. And Peter stood there and he was warming himself. And the high priest and asked Jesus his questions. And then the Bible says in verse 25, Simon Peter stood, warmed himself, and they said, and to him again, I'm paraphrasing, aren't you one of this man's disciples? And again, he denies it. Then a third time, somebody asked him, but weren't you in the garden? And again, he denies it. And straight away, the cock crows. And Jesus' prophecy is fulfilled. And here is a man who said to the Son of God, who is the testimony of Jesus, is the spirit of prophecy. So when Jesus testified and said, you can't follow me yet, you can't go, you're not sent yet. This person turned around past the voter and said, I don't care whether you say I'm sent or not. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do my thing. He's Frank Sinatra. He's doing his own thing. I did it my way. He's doing it his way. We have so many young people out there that are watching, I want you to listen to me, that have left the local church to go and fulfill ministries and to fulfill the kingdom of God's purpose, but they're out of time. God didn't send them. It wasn't the right time. They just went and did their own thing. And now they are crushed. They are broken. Some of them are back in secular work. Some of them are giving up the ministry. Some are backslidden. But we cannot have this next generation wasted. We can't waste another young man's destiny. And so I speak as a prophet, not only to this nation, but to the church of Jesus Christ. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Rather spend time being equipped. Rather spend time letting the Lord create His character on the inside of you. And when the day comes that the Master sends you, you shall do great exploits for the kingdom kingdom of God. I have people that went ahead. They're still running around. They're still, there's nothing wrong with the garage church, but they're still in a garage. They never ever moved out. They never ever grew their churches because they were out of time. There's nothing wrong with small ministries. I understand that, but be in time. The Bible says that Jesus dies and he, he, and, uh, he goes to the grave. And he's then resurrected. And one day there's a bunch of angels in the tomb. And the woman come into the tomb. And Peter is gone. He's gone. Like that whole generation. 
that said they could go out and fulfill the ministry outside of being sent. They're gone, scattered. And the woman come into this and they see the stone is rolled away. And the first thing they think is someone has stolen the body of Jesus. And as they come into the sepulchre, they come into that place. There's an angel standing there and the angel looks at this woman and he says these things. Who are you looking for? And they say, we're looking for the master. I'm paraphrasing, okay? We're looking for the master. And then the angel says, but the master, he's not here. He's raised. He's resurrected. And the women are excited. And they get excited about this thing. And the angel turns around and says these words. Go tell his disciples. And Peter. One of the most profound scriptures in the Bible. How God has commanded an angel to hold on to the spirit of prophecy. That even though Peter is away, even though Jesus was in the grave, Jesus was still looking for Peter. Even though Jesus was not in the tomb, his heart the kingdom heart of God was still looking after that young ministry. Hallelujah! And an angel said, go, tell the disciples and find Peter and tell him. And Peter is not with the disciples. He's alone. He's shattered. He has Elijah syndrome. He's in his cave. He's depressed. He must be walking up and down and saying, I failed God. I failed God. I failed God. I did it my own way. I messed up. He, he told me I couldn't do it. I was arrogant. I said I could do it. And now look where I am. And I can imagine this woman running up and saying, Peter, Peter, where are you? And Peter said, whoa, whoa, what's happening? And I said, Peter, Peter, you won't believe it. Our master is alive. He's resurrected. He's alive. And the angel has got an assignment. And this angel said, go find you. We're so glad we found you. Come, let's find him. And off they go running. And they run towards the master. Eventually they find the master. And then we have this amazing story of John 21, verse 15. And so when they had dined, John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, play for me softly. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. Do you know how beautiful that actually is? Because Jonah was the prophet that ran away from his destiny. Jonah was the prophet that didn't want to fulfill his destiny because of his arrogance and his pride. And now God says, no, no, you're actually a son of Jonas. Which is actually a little bit of a nick thing that he's playing with, God is playing with. And he says, your string just broke on your guitar. Just, I hear the Lord saying, you're going nowhere. There's a reason why your string broke. You're going nowhere. Not now. Your season's not down. Sacrifice, young man, because the Lord says you're going nowhere. That guitar string is broken because God is trying to say that this worship is not fixed yet. It's getting fixed, but it's not fixed yet. Only when it's completely fixed can you go somewhere. 
Here he And so, <laughs> stranger things have happened. So when they had dined, Jesus said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? Now watch the approach of a man that has been broken. Watch the approach of an arrogant man that is that has now been crushed and broken. I thank God. And Pastor Paul's Pastor Mark has been with me my whole journey. And he knows my pains and my sorrows and my, my, my cries. I don't care what the Pharisees and Sadducees have to say about Prophet Andre Lowe. They're probably right. But I thank God every single day for all the difficulty I've gone through. Because I know it changed my life. If you met me a couple of years, you wouldn't have liked me. Because I didn't even like myself. I was so charismatic. My God. If I didn't have a suit on, I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't be able to preach. I had to have people carrying my Bibles. My God, like my arm wasn't strong enough. But God had to crush me. And I thank God God crushed me because I'm a better person today. Now I can preach in the jeans. <laughs> he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Watch the words. Lord, you know. Do you see that, Pastor? It's like you and I are just having a thing here right now. This guy was saying, no, 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 you're wrong, God. You, you don't know God. I know better than you. That's what he was saying until the cock crowed. After that experience, he became humble. Now he's saying, no, no, no. I used to think I know everything. I used to think I know everything. But after that difficult time in my life, and after being hit so hard, you see, you didn't go through the pain you went through. You didn't go through the suffering you went through. You didn't go through the rejection you went through for nothing. You went through that church because God wanted to make you, mold you, rearrange you. He wanted to form Christ in you. And if you look back at what you were and what you were like before the experiences, you would see that there were so many things that had to be changed. Somebody say, Amen. And now that they change, God is perfecting you. And that's great news. Because now we have a church saying, no, Lord, I don't know. You know. You know. And this guy's turning around and he's saying, God, you know. And then Jesus says, now that you have humbled yourself, young man. Now that you have humbled yourself, sir, to say that... I know best. Years of prophecy. Thus says the Lord. Peter, feed my lambs. Suddenly, God begins to prophesy to Peter. Somebody don't understand this, but this is a prophetic word that's coming out now. God will always give prophecy to humble men. And the second time, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? Second time. And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. And then Jesus gives him a second prophecy. Feed my sheep.
I love this kingdom thing. And he said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him a third time, lovest thou me? Watch the answer, church. Are you ready? Are you excited about this message? Just say, Prophet Andre, you're preaching good. Thank you. Thank you. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. What a glorious, I'm sorry, I'm going to be emotional now. What a glorious thing to be so transformed as a human being to the point that you get to a place where you say, God, I am no longer a preacher on TBN. I'm no longer a preacher preaching this message here. I'm no longer preaching for money. I'm no longer preaching for fame. I'm no longer doing my own thing. But God, you are the master and you are the one that called me and you know everything. And Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. A third prophecy. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said to me, God's love for you is so powerful that every time you deny Him, He has a word to bring you back. Peter denied God three times and Jesus turned around and accepted Him three times. This God that we serve then after being restored because those three prophecies were edification exhortation and comfort hallelujah edification exhortation and comfort those were the three prophecies he just received feed okay now he gets the word of the lord because now the soil of his heart is ready to receive it he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou was young, this is a prophecy, thou girdest thyself, thou tied thy own belt, and you walked wherever you wanted to walk. He's saying to him a word of knowledge about his life. When you were young, you did your own thing, man. You walked wherever you wanted to do. You did your thing. But when you are old, You shall stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee where thou wouldest not wanted to go, or where thou wanted to go. Watch this. Please catch this. He says, when you are young, you will gird your own belt, you will tie your own belt. When you are old, when you are old, it's a prophecy. Someone else will come and serve you tie your garments together and keep you so you can go where you need to go then jesus begins to speak a little bit speaking about how peter would die and then at the bottom part of verse 19 of john 21 verse 19 the bottom part jesus looks into the eyes of peter and says these two words 
follow me. It wasn't that the prophecy wasn't going to come to pass. It was just that the character of the man receiving the prophecy was all messed up. And God had to take that person through the trial of faith so he could have the character to hold this great commission, which was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And these signs would accompany them that believe. Now, this same man, the same man that, that was weak, that denied God, that ran away from his calling, is the same man in the book of Acts that stands up and says, this is that, spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the same one. He's now a saint one. And because he's a saint one and he's got the word of the Lord to follow, he now has the power to follow. He's a saint one now. So when the Holy Ghost is sent from heaven, it comes upon him. And when he opens up the door, he says, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. And there's a mighty move of God. And thousands of people are saved. This is a courageous man. This is a victorious man. And he follows God. And he follows God. And he follows God. But he is hated man of God. He is is hated whenever God sends you there will be someone that will hate you remember Jesus gave us that principle in the beginning in the case of Peter the Jews conspired against him they looked for him all the time they hated him kings wanted to kill him now we get to the future the thing that Jesus saw while, while we couldn't see it. The reason why God had to prepare us through all these years. How many people know what I'm talking about when I say God has prepared us? Wave your hand at me. How many people have been to some stuff in life? Wave your hand at me. How many people have gone through some hardship? Some of it we did. Some of it was an attack. But we've all gone through something. You went through that because God was preparing a vessel of honor. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. Come on, give the Lord a praise offering. Give the Lord a praise offering. Give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you, God, for my trial. Thank you, God, for my hardship. Because you were doing something. I didn't understand you. I didn't understand you. But thank you, Jesus. God knows how to get us to our destiny. But Acts 12, it gets real. It gets real. Verse 1. And that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain people of the church. He killed James. He killed the brother of John. The brother of John with a sword. He saw it pleased the Jews. So he grabbed hold of Peter. My Lord. You think that Jesus didn't see that this day was coming in the future, that there would be this day coming. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in a prison, delivered into four squadrons of soldiers to keep him, intending after Isa to bring him to the people. Peter was therefore kept in the prison. Prayer was made for him. Herod would bring him forth that same night Peter was sleeping 
Now, I need you to understand something. Are you ready, church? It's going to get loud now. Are you ready? If a king says, tomorrow I'm going to kill you in front of the people, it's going to happen. Kings don't change their mind. Not in those days. So when Herod said, Peter, I'm going to kill you. There was nothing that could be done. Nothing could be done. I reckon when Peter got into that prison, he recognized that he's gone through it. His brothers, his friends are dead. James is gone. He must have seen that. He's already known that there's death happening all over the place. He gets thrown into this jail. There's all these soldiers outside. They're mocking him. He gets into the prison and he hears the voice of Herod. Tomorrow I am going to kill you. He lifts up his hands and he says, Lord. And he hears. Inside he is. I'm gonna kill you. And he hears when you are old. Someone else will hurt you. I'm gonna kill you. When you are old, Peter, someone else will gird you and lead you where you need to be. I'm going to kill you. When you are old, suddenly the prophetic word comes alive on the inside of Peter. He stands up and he begins to look at his belt and he realizes, wait, I can still tie my belt. I'm not old yet. I'm, I'm still young. God gave me a prophetic word. He said, I'm going to get old. I'm not old yet. I'm not old yet. I'm not old yet. No matter what Herod says, Jesus, keep my mic up. Jesus is never wrong. I will never doubt him. I doubted him once. It got me in mess. Well, he said, I believe. And the Bible says, although Herod wanted to kill him, he fell asleep in the prophetic word. That's why prophecy to me is one of the best gifts the church can have. Because it can sustain you in your dark day. The Bible says he's sleeping. <laughs> Who sleeps when a king is about to kill you the next day? If you don't have a word from God, you're going to be walking up and down. But he has a word from God. His business will not fail. His marriage will not fail. Amen. His children will serve the Lord. He'll grow old. He won't have a heart attack. These are promises that God gave people. Amen. 
And then we see the revelation. And I fell down before this angel. And he picked me up and he said, Do not bow down to me. I work with those that keep the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Are you ready, church? Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And a light shined in the prison. And he smacked Peter on the side. Raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off. Verse 8. Are you ready church? Are you ready? Listen to this. And the angel said unto him, Could yourself. Come on. Those are the exact words that Jesus had prophesied to Peter. He said, you would gird yourself when you were young. When the angel came in, he could not speak any other thing except the thing that the testimony of Jesus had spoken over that young man's life. And the angel said, gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee. Watch this last verse. And watch this. And follow me. Come on, stand to your feet all over this place. Stand to your feet all over this place. Lift it up. Hallelujah. I don't think it gets more radical to understand prophecy and angels like that that angel could not speak anything else but what God had spoken that's the mystery of it that's why we're not alone and every time God gives you a word praise God angels write down those words they are commanded to fulfill the prophecy even if Herod wants to kill you even if cancer wants to kill you no matter what the enemy is trying to do, I don't know what the Herod will be in your life. For me, I had a couple of Herods to try and stop me from being a prophet. But I was a prophet before I was a mess. It's not what some say, but what he says. And what he says, I'm called to say. I want you to lift your hands up in this place. Now, many of you have received prophecies. We're going to pray a, a, a corporate prayer over the auditorium. Amen. And then we're going to open up to pray for people. And uh, I, I'm not going to guarantee that we're going to be prophesying to people. That's what I'm going to do because I don't want you to be like that. But I want to pray for you, especially for people that have received prophecies over your life. Amen. If you're in this building and you've received prophetic words from God, we want to pray for you that those words will come to pass. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's an anointing in this building to make things happen quickly. And a lot of people have prophecies that have not come to pass. We want to pray with you. We want to agree with you. If you need special prayer, we're here. 
But we also recognize that many people need to go and work tomorrow and we understand that. And because we are a church that understands the needs of family and because we have a heart for family, we know that we can, we don't box God, amen. But we have to also respect the family unit. Somebody say amen. All right, so once we close the service, then it's fine. Those who want to stay can stay and we'll see what God wants to do. We don't want to, you know, have anything else. And for those that are watching, amen, via the internet, amen, we love you. We appreciate you. You should have been here. Then we would have laid hands on you, but we'll just pray for you as well. Amen. But those people that are in this building right now, just lift your hands right now. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance, can we? We're going to pray a prayer of repentance. And then we're going to allow God to restore us in every area. Amen. So I want you to pray with me. Is it okay? I told pastor one of the things about prophets is we're always trying to find something to repent for. Amen. Even if there's nothing to repent for, we just want to repent for anything. Oh Lord, I, I repent for eating baked beans. Why? It's baked beans. You know, just for the sake of repenting. Amen. We don't know why we repent. We just repent. But as our hands are lifted up, I'm going to now join with you. He said, okay, I come off the platform. I'm going to stand here at the bottom with you. So we are all on the same page. So we are doing this together. Amen. As your hands are lifted up, close your eyes. I want you to pray this prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this word. May this word change our destiny I recognize now that every promise you have made you have the power to fulfill it that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights Lord I ask you to forgive me for every time I had a conversation with you trying to do it my way I remove myself from the equation I ask you to forgive me for all the times I did things with my own intellect with my own wisdom and even in my flesh Forgive me, Lord. I want you to take a deep breath now. You ready? And I want you to breathe out doubt. You ready? One, two, three. Breathe in. And in Jesus' name, be free. In Jesus' name. Father, pray this prayer. Father, I will never doubt your promise. You know everything. And I put my trust in you.